must begin to develop, number one, and this is the most important thing we can do as a people. We must first develop an undying love for our people. Our people. Our people. The culture of it. We're bringing them the culture of it. I feel it's our time. Two G's in a pod. There's nothing we can't talk about. We can cover anything. We're well versed. That's real. Two G's in a pod. The thing about me and you is, it's a respect thing. Goldfinger, my man G. What up, G? They not here too. Two G's in a pod. Anything you say once, you best be able to say it twice or don't say it. I believe that. Good people, good people, good people. What up, good people? Once again, it's the infamous Iron Glenn, and to my left sits who? Goldfinger, what up, G? What's going on, my man? Yeah, man, back, back. Back at it, you know, we had a little delay. We like to apologize for us not dropping on uh, Wednesday like normal uh, due to uh, circumstances beyond our control. Mother Nature said, go sit your asses down and <laughs> take a like minute. That. Something like that. Something like, you know what I'm saying? Something <laughs> like that made us take a seat and uh, we, we, we are apologizing for the delay, but we're back. Yeah. So, what's good, my nigga? Everything's everything. You know, we survived. So, um, we survived once hurricane again. Hurricane Isis, 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 whatever what was that it? shit was called. Isis, 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 something. Something. All I know is that wind did some serious, serious, serious damage. Yeah, New York uh, caught a little sun, sun. Yeah, you know, a lot of uh, power outages, a lot of trees slammed down. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little something. With little all the trees that was down, it brought up a. Um, there was a quote from Bruce Lee. I'm gonna get it out. I'm probably not gonna do any justice. You know, he made a comparison between the oak and the bamboo tree. Mm. He said the oak tree is strong, but I'd rather be flexible like the bamboo tree because when the wind comes, I can bend with the wind instead of being knocked over. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So the oak's big and strong, but when the wind came, it snapped and blew it over. Where the bamboo tree, where he's able to bend yeah. with the wind yeah. and understand that, you know, you know, it was able to weather the storm. Right, right. As um, we are weathering the the nature storm, nature storm and life storm, the life storm, the pandemic storm, the uh, the storm, motherfucker, just the storm. <laughs> like we weathering the fuck out of this storm and whatnot. Yeah. So this week I decided to, with your approval, of course, to start out just a little different, okay, than we normally do, and I was wondering, right. I'm sitting down and I'm, I'm watching um, Goodfellas. Okay. And I was wondering, just like, we never we talked about it, but the people don't understand, you know, our depths of love for movie, music and movies. What's your favorite gangster movie? My favorite gangster movie, yeah. I would say Godfather, and I'm kind of on the edge of one or two. Okay. Two is really, really good because you see the reasoning why. 
one seems a little bit like, oh, these guys are ruthless, but then you see the the less romantic version of it in the first, I mean, in the second one. Right. You see the circumstances of why they came to where they were at at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would, I would say Godfather. I would Godfather say Godfather told a good Italian-American story. Yeah. You know, and you know, how they came to this country and took their path. See, becoming... far, far too many times that, you know, we have black movies and we're vilified for being gangsters or vilified for being, you know, drug dealers or this, that, and the third. Right. And with The Godfather, they were, they were humanized. They were shown that, you know, it was about family and almost romanticized for the most part, you know, throughout yeah. these movies. You know, yeah. it, was, it was pretty much a situation where you look at them and it's honor. The Sopranos. Yeah. Same thing. It was yeah. like kind of honorable what they were no, doing. No, Sopranos were, were lowlifes, but right. you would never know. You would never know. They were the American family, you know, right. just, just hardworking and, yeah. you know, beautiful two, two kids in a, in a picket fence. Yeah, you know, that type two of kids. Thing. They were missing a dog. But usually, yeah, usually <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not viewed in the same type of manner. No, no, we're definitely not viewed in the same light. So when you do our movies, we always portray differently. You know how 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 our perception of gangster and for us, gangster is gangster. Right. No matter how you dress it up. Like right. one of my favorite gangster movies, um, on the Italian Irish side was Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. Long, it's long, shit. yeah, yeah, <laughs> long, long. It yeah. was like literally. I think in the movie theater, it was like they're shown in two parts. Wow. That's how long it was, and but that's like. When you hear people talk about gangster movies, it's it's very rarely mentioned. People won't mention Once Upon a Time in America. So those that are out there haven't seen it, go out there and check it out. It's actually very, very, very good. good. Very good moment. You know, uh, but it showed the story of friends of how they grew up, right? And then became right gangster. But same thing. It was it was it was glorified. It was glorified, but it was also with a tinge of honorability. You right. Know what I mean? It's like it's it's honor with it. That they came from whatever circumstances. And this is stuff that, you know, you have the choice to go a legal way. Right. They chose to go that way. Nobody forced them to do what they did, but they still are regarded with honor, even though they did it. Right. So, so you know, it was, it was it's, it's like, even when you come to us, like New Jack City, love New Jack City, um, one of my favorite, well, also one of my favorite movies. And same thing, they had a choice, but, but it wasn't. They? But it wasn't conveyed as with the same honor. Though. No, it was not. You know, like if you look at New Jack's uh, city, and also you know, at the end of it, even if it's black guys that are producing or directing it, the way we're viewed in those type of circumstances, it's like this guy ended up being a snitch at the end of it. He's a scourge. He, you know, has no regard for his community. Mm-hmm. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's right. The, you know, scum of the earth. The cops want to kill him. The, right. the people in the neighborhood want to kill, kill him. And somebody eventually killed him. Yeah. <laughs> old man. Old, old man came in with the uh, idolater. And, and, and <laughs> he had the Civil War gun. <laughs> you might as well had a musket. <laughs> with a musket and just, and just popped him. But um, there's New Jack City. There's Minister Society. Well, that wasn't really a gangster movie. I mean, they were, in our view, gangsters. 
Yeah. Or what people think was gangster. Yeah. You disagree? I disagree. Break it down. I just thought it was a hood movie. I didn't think Definitely it was, a hood movie. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was. But there was there was doing gangster shit. Well, gangster to me, my definition of gangster would be that you're working in concert with some some somebody, or you're working in a group, like a little correlation with with a couple of different people. I'm so, so glad you said that. Okay. So I was watching the grilling of. Dr. Sinister, as I like to call him, a.k.a. Dr. Fauci. Oh. And that motherfucker was sitting up there like the gangster of gangsters. Well, because he's a gangster. Like I was saying. Right. It's in conjunction. That's why I was glad you said that. Yeah. So he's sitting up there. And the questions, I can't remember the Republican senator that asked him a question. Well, but it was a it was a simple question. Nah, I think what a simple if, answer. If you're if you're thinking about the same thing I may have saw is what he was saying was um so do you think the protesters yes should be refrained from going out and protesting because wouldn't that accelerate the spread of COVID? And what did he say though? Well, you know, um, <laughs> I wouldn't really um um you know um, he did a lot of. Double dutching. He definitely did a lot of double dutching. A lot of moonwalking. A lot of moonwalking. A lot, a lot of, of he non-answering. Did, he did a lot of breakdancing. Yeah. A lot of non-answering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he basically was like, he asked him, and he should have blatantly asked him. Not He, he had asked him, um, should they stop the protesting? Right. What he should have asked was, do you think the protesting is causing the numbers to go up? Right. That's what he should have asked them. Right. And, and, and if you think about it with that, right. if you're talking about staying home and this, that, and a the third, then why is it in so many different states the protesters are allowed to protest yes. and nobody came out and say, you know, well, this is going to affect us in a bad way. Exactly. Because you're saying that a person can go out and protest, or you're saying a person can go out, and even in a more extreme case, can go out and riot and do that stuff, but people can't go to work, people can't conduct their business. Yeah. So, brings me to another gangster, Gangster Cuomo, today announced, this being Friday, uh, August 7th, basically said, it's cool to go back to school. Hmm. Right? So it's cool for kids and teachers to be in school. But it's not cool to go in a bar, restaurant, or gym. Mm. So now you expect kids to social distance or stay apart in school. Now these are kids. But you won't give grown-ups credit to do it in bars, restaurants, gyms. Well, first off, the schools are incredibly overcrowded already. One, speak on it. And then two, it's like, you know, you have um, places that have already gone back to school. So we're dealing with this because we're in New York. But right. places like Atlanta, they've already started school. Yeah, they already and started school. they've had pretty big outbreaks there. So they said. So my thing is. So they said. Yeah, so. Because it's like, you know, every time they say there's an outbreak, you go to the hospital, where's the outbreak? You know what, Jake? They're saying that the median age of people that are dying from COVID is 78. Yeah. So 
what's the average lifespan of Americans? If you don't, I don't even want to say black, but um, about 64, 65. Now, I'm not going to see, I'm saying this because I'm actually 50. So technically, I got what? 15 left? If I just decide to be like, you know what? I'm going to just be a fat bastard. No, not take care of myself. Te- technically, and shit it's like, like that. if you're doing that, then you're saying it's really a scared type of situation because they're not promoting health. No, they're, they're promoting not promoting. Death. Yeah, they're promoting death, and they're not promoting any type of self type of healing or self type of uh, care. Right. So in, I read a report that came out of Sweden in the Netherlands. So their numbers are actually going down. They don't wear masks. Doctors there feel like they're right now are outliers in the community. They feel there's no scientific proof that masks prevent the spread of COVID. So they was like, we're not asking our people to wear masks. So they had their spike, which the population that died off was the numbers that you just said, which was basically 75 and above. I have a mom that's 85. I'm not downplaying that. So anybody that's singing like that, oh, you just don't give a fuck, things like that. I'm not saying that. Just follow me when I'm saying this. Those people were people with pre-existing conditions, sick, already uh, smokers for most of their lives and things like that. And then everything started to level off. Then the numbers started to drop. And then they were reporting probably the, the least amount of cases on the planet. So now doctors are getting on them because they're saying, you know, they're telling, we're not telling our people to wear masks. And everyone's like, well, if everyone wear masks, it'll stop the spread. But they was like, we already stopped the spread and we're not wearing masks. Right. You understand? Now, where, where it gets kind of fuzzy is because, of course, every city and every country is not a monolith. They're, they're designed differently. They are the designed popula- differently. The population is a different size. And the way that we live is a lot of different because, you know, you could be in a city and then you could be in a country. So it's right. going to be a different spread of how people are around each other and how we, you know, like L.A., it's a lot of people there, but mostly they're not really up on each other because most you have to drive everywhere. Right. It's not a lot of walk traffic. But no, they were reporting, I forgot, what was it, a thousand cases a day? What, in L.A.? Yeah, a thousand okay. new cases a day. So they said, you know... I don't know. It's, 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 it's still those that control the information are pushing out the information. Now, you got six entities that control 99% of the news. And? You understand? Music and entertainment as well. And which, music and that's entertainment all as folded well. In it's all folded of- into one umbrella. It's like, it's funny how over time they were reaching out and they were pulling other things in. That was part of that information bubble. Right. Music is very informal, especially right. rap music, because right. we tell the stories of the streets. Right. You understand? Uh, music, I said music, movies and things like that. So they started pulling all these things under the umbrella and they start really, really being able to control the narrative of what's being told and what's being fed to us. And what's not being fed. And what's not being fed. So that's why I bought that, that gangster tie-in, because that's like some of the most gangster shit I've ever seen for them, the motherfuckers, the, the way it was done and how it was done. If people aren't really looking, look at how gangster that shit was, where it's like, we're only going to give you the information we want to give you. 
or they give you information and you have no quote unquote choice to to kind of get your side of it out because they have fact checkers now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Instagram, how the fuck do you and where is this where are the fact checkers? We're like, st- I'm still trying to figure out where these fact checkers are from. And, and who they are. And and, and and how is my opinion? Yeah, how do you get how do you get a choice to be able to censor what my opinion is? Yeah. That's that's some gang that's some gangster shit. And Think then, about it. They're telling you you can't have an opinion. And then they tell if you if it goes against their narrative of what they're trying to portray. You can't have an opinion. That's basically what they're telling us. You can't have an opinion. No, and then they're telling you what's good for you medically and don't have a medical degree. Bill Gates, that nigga's gangster. He ain't even finished college. And he's out there giving out medical advice. Right, How now, gangster is that? Now, now, this guy is a statistician. He's a, a glorified statistician. He's a great on the computer thing, but with greatness comes responsibility. Or if that's a, you know, play on it. The, the they term. say with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. So I only got two numbers for Bill Gates. Jab and cross, the famous one-two punch. I would like to one-two punch him, gut punch, overhand right to the chin, knock his glasses off. You know what? I went to school in the 80s. Me too. Bullies are good. Bullies are good. Bullies are good. It's it's kind of like it helps. It helps the, the 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 equilibrium of everything. I mean the 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 ecosystem of yeah, life. The ecosystem. Bullies serve a purpose. Everyone yeah. serves a purpose. Yeah, and I think that now it's like we kind of pussified our way through society to not have those people available. Bullies, yeah. We need we need bullies. We need bullies. we need some bullies to return. To um, basically start <laughs> punching people in the mouth when they come up with shit that really is not making sense. Because you got this dude, no medical degree, no medical training at all. He's talking about vaccines, who needs to be vaccinated, where they started. And they did a clinical trial, which y'all probably are not going to hear about in India. Now you got 400,000 people in India that are probably paralyzed. All right, but what happens is, is that they go in with this big endowment from their charities and they probably got a lot of people on payroll because they have that money to spread around. Of course and they a couple, they have a couple of companies out there that they're hiring or they're sponsoring. So those people are thinking about their bottom line. So they're willing to risk lives because they are the ones that's paying the bills. Yeah, but they're risking lives. Then they're being able to absolve themselves from any type of persecution, whether it's financially. You can't sue the pharmaceuticals. And they have it in their new script where they're making these vaccines now where they're not going to be responsible for the effects of the vaccine. vaccine. Even if I grow six arms, which which actually be fucking cool, unless they're unless they're as long as the arms are muscular, because I can really two, four, six, eight piece them. Where the hell hell are you going to put four other arms? Huh? You know, somebody's going to design a shirt. Someone somewhere is going to design a shirt for the man that has everything, including. Four extra arms. <laughs> we we present to you the spider shit. Shit. <laughs> this is Pod, right? <laughs> I was listening to an interview with uh, Fat Man Scoop and 
Styles P. Okay. Styles P said something very interesting. He was talking about the the, the us being three fifths of a man in the Constitution. True. And that's in the Constitution True. where we are. You know, three fifths according to the Constitution, three fifths of a man. But if you you know you step to me, you'll find out that I'm one hundred percent all beef man. And I will pause. <laughs> sounds like a you know. <laughs> it sounds like one, but um. How gangster is that to, we was talking about reparations last week. That's another, I want that instantly changed. Instantly. That three-fifths of a man. Because it kind of mentally, as with other things, it kind of plays on you. If you read that, damn, I'm, I'm three-fifths of a man. We wouldn't fall victim, but you have people out there that would fall victim to that. And they would let that subconsciously sink in. Well, it's like, I'm not even all man, according to them. I think at this point, if you didn't know that, then it wouldn't matter. And if you do know that, it wouldn't matter either. It's just like, I, I look at well, it as like... You got people that don't even know that. that that's in that's it. That's in there. Yeah. My, thi- my thing is, I don't pay attention to this Constitution shit because I know that it was created without us in mind. Even though we was probably there writing it. You know, the court of great uh, Dave Chappelle joke. <laughs> he was like, just hurry up, nigga. <laughs> hurry up and write that. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it literally wasn't created with us in mind. Yeah, I, I really don't have too many, like, you know, people, oh, that's, that's my right, you know, I have this right, and, you know, you get arrested, oh, this is my right. No, you don't. No, you really don't. You know what I mean? In reality, you really don't. I mean, if you look at the way shit's going now, yeah, you... Talk that right shit all you want. Your ass can be face down, ass yeah, up. Yeah, it's like, you know, tell, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tell, it, tell it to the judge. I yeah. know I'll just tell it to if the you judge. Make it to the judge. If you make it to the judge. If you, you make it to the judge, tell it to the judge. Yeah, um, my thing is, now it's like, I don't see it being a finish line where they're actually going to make that right. I think that, you know, we, you know, it was, it was brought up to them to apologize or them to as far as reparations and everybody called amnesia, it was like reparations for what? That's what, the crazy what do, you, part. what do you mean? So at that point, it's like, why are we still asking them? It's like almost like the term black lives matter. Why are you asking them to, for you to matter? Yeah. The more I thought about it, the more it resonated with me. It was like, I don't, I don't like, I, I, don't I can't get my no validation. One. I can't get yeah. my validation from you to, to you tell me that I matter. I, that I matter. Like, what am I supposed to say? Yes, you do matter. Oh, yeah. everything is great now. Thanks. Not, like, not, yeah, I do. Yeah. It's, not, it's, 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 it's pretty idiotic. And I think that when you get into a point where you're looking for somebody else to, to validate that, your existence, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, nah. that's a problem in itself. I'm good. Yeah, that's a problem in itself. I don't need no one to, to validate my existence. I think a lot of these little slogans, these catchy little lines over the last couple of years have been trash. Like, well, these, you know, it's been trash, but they monetize that trash. To and, make and that's what makes it even games. more. And that's what makes it even more trash. Yeah. I think because, you know, no disrespect to the Garner family, because they are actually they're actually related to somebody that I really am cool with. Right. Um, but the I can't breathe thing. And it's like people are running with that. And it's like T-shirts and I can't breathe. No, nigga, I can breathe. I can breathe. And I'm going to be here. 
I, I'm not going to walk around and say to a person that could possibly be my oppressor that I can't breathe. No, I can breathe, nigga. You know what I mean? I am breathing here. Yeah. But we move different, though. Yeah, you but it's just, it just... We, we, I, we, we move in a way where um, our possibility of that type of confrontation because of how we move, we stay, we have a lane, we stay in it. Yeah, but you know what the thing is? We are kind of self-sufficient in our own things. Right. And when we choose to work with others, it's from a different type of dealing. The NBA, they're back in swing. And right. a, and a brother said that um, he wasn't going to stand, or he was, he was going to stand while they did the kneeling. Well, he ain't standing now. Not to make a joke look, of it. Look, look, <laughs> Not to make a joke look. of it, because everyone was riding him. But I actually applauded him for, you know what? I'm not kneeling. I respect that. All right. Well, let me let me give you my stance on it. I think no that, pun intended. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I think I think that um, I don't want the politics in the game because it doesn't feel genuine. Like. The stuff with the, the the jerseys and the messages on the jerseys and right. this, that, and the third. It's like, yeah, you got a message on your jersey on the back. And also on the front, you got McDonald's and you got Nike and you got this. And you got it just makes it seem so like a commercial. It, just, it seems like, like another else. brand. Yeah. It's like another brand. It actually is a brand right now. Yeah. And, you know. and, and I'm just like, it just seems disingenuous. You are probably 100% correct. But to the outside eyes who don't think like us or don't resonate on a scene level like us, oh, it's a big thing. Oh, it's a great thing. Well, you know, you had Ali, and um, he was great for his messaging when he was at the height of his popularity, at the height of his greatness. He said what he said, and he stood on that. And that's admirable. That's honorable, and that's something to be... Applauded. But the crazy part was about Ali was when he was at his height, he was most hated. Not by us. That's my point. So that's Not why by us. that's why it seems they didn't start loving him until after he passed. Until until he couldn't speak. So, like until he, he couldn't speak, right. So my thing is this. So it just seems more disingenuous that they're giving you these platforms for you to speak because what are you really saying? Or is there real power behind what you're saying? Or is it manufactured? It's like we a have a lid on it. A lot of it seems manufactured. We have but, a lid on it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like we can contain this. They're, they're literally controlling our narrative. That's what we was talking about. That gangster shit. These motherfucking six entities that control literally all the information that we take in and disperse. They're controlling our narrative. So even if we're doing the whole Black Lives Matter, putting out the shirts, putting out the banners, writing it on streets, and people are hanging it in windows, they're controlling it. We're not controlling that. You understand? So I always say, have a saying that even with my eyes closed, my third eye sees everything. Mm -hmm. I'll say that again. Even with both eyes closed, my third eye sees everything. Yeah, man. So I can see bullshit where others won't. We can see bullshit where others won't. We understand the trick where others won't. We understand the the 
pacification of what they're giving us when others don't. Because everybody's like, this is a good thing, that's a good thing. It's not. It's not. Not when you don't control that narrative. Not when you don't have control of what you say and how you say it. You know what I was thinking, G? I was thinking that there is no real private moments for black people anymore. No. There's a lot of hands in our, in our cookie jar. There's there a lot of hands in our cookie jar. There used jar. to be a time where we can get on the same page going to, going to church, going to, um, you know, the workplace and, you know, speaking to others of like minds and stuff of that nature on stuff that was going on throughout the country without right. it really having to be, you know, popular news as far as what we were thinking. Right. You know, with the social media thing now, it's like the more information, the more access we have, it seems like the less privacy and less um, togetherness or threat that binds us. Right. Well, with social media and how it's presently constructed, there is no private moments for anyone. Because once you put it out there, it's out there for the, everyone to see. And for some reason, everyone has a fucking opinion. Everyone's yeah. a fucking critic. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion. and everybody's, They are, you know, but what, what happened to the days where you can look at something and maybe not have it just, all right, Cool. And not, you don't need to have an opinion on everything. You understand what I'm saying? You don't need to criticize everything. But we've become so sensitive as a society. When someone says something that goes against their beliefs, their thoughts, I immediately got to give my opinion on it. I think because a lot of it is because the codes are different. There right. used to be a certain type of code. Remember when you were younger and you were in the presence of adults and you seemed a little too eager to find out what they were talking about, what right. they were saying. Stay out of grown people's business. Grown folks are talking. Right. Get out of my mouth. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Grown so folks are talking. Stay out be, of grown people's business. There you go. Right. So there would be that type of code that right. you knew. And that was something that was And why did you know that code? Because you probably get popped in the mouth or something else. There you go. Else. That's why we need to return to some bullies. Because at some point, what else is there? People, I call them um, thumb gangsters. People that jump online. I got an opinion. Talk shit online. I've had people at work. I had a dude who was fucking gangster in email. Ooh, keyboard killer. Keyboard killer. Gangster. Mm. I was like, you know what? And this is, this is the time where the term keep that same energy wasn't, a, wasn't even around. So mm. I couldn't even say no shit like that. Mm. All I said was, I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. We'll discuss this at another time. I'll see you when I see you. Mm. I made it a mission. The next day, I went to the corporate office. Mm. Because that's how I am. If you're going you, you gonna to say anything to me, you can say anything you want to me, but prepare for the consequences. Because there's going to be consequences. Mm. That Monday, I was right in the corporate office. And I was straight to his desk. When I confronted him, first thing he said was, whoa, 
I didn't mean it that way. So I have a habit of, uh, 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 you know, everyone's scared of the big black guy. Right. Right? So I pick and choose when I want to be that big black guy. I'm six foot, 229 pounds. Although I lost a little weight. Check my abs out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't but hurt him. Don't hurt him. Yeah. You know, and I know when to use it. I know when not to use it. You know, some people look at me like, hey, it's a fucking cuddly teddy bear. Some people get the grizzly. Right. That day, he got the fucking grizzly. And I let him know. I said, yo, if you ever send an email like that again, you better be the man in the email, not the man sitting in his desk. Ouch. And I let him know nice and sternly. I got nice and close, real intimate and let him know, be the man in the email. Not the man sitting at this desk. Because that man in the email is going to get fucked up. Two G's in the pot. Shit. Uh, we've been talking about just gangster shit. What we feel is gangster. Who we feel is gangster. Dudes portraying themselves, you know, uh, Dr. Sinister, a.k.a. Dr. Fauci, gangster, somewhat. Uh, Cuomo, gangster, Jace. Uh, the church gangster because Sunday is like the most <laughs> segregated day of the week. Because <laughs> everybody, black people go to black church, white people go to white church, <laughs> Spanish people go to Spanish church. Like literally, the host to be the holiest day of the week is the most segregated day of the week. Not only is the most segregated, but it's the most um, gangster day because everybody gets stuck up. Yes. As soon as that that collection plate goes around. Put something in that, or else. And then, but it's disguised as tides. You know, you know what the thing is, and it goes around a few times. Listen, if you ever been to, there's a certain church in Brooklyn. I'm not going to name the church, but as soon as I say it, it's a big mega church. All the celebrities go there, and I'm not going to say the name, but y'all know the church I'm talking about. You know how gangster that church is. Motherfuckers got their own ATM machines when you walk into church. So you can't even say, Oh, I left my wallet. I left my wallet. I ain't got it right now. I don't have cash. Yeah. There's a machine right there, right there, right there, one near the bathroom, one near the exits. You can go make a withdrawal and then make a deposit into this collection plate. Yeah, it's crazy because um, those are the church that um, preach prosperity. Yeah. There's. Yeah, there's. There's. This is <laughs> how gangster example. they are, right? There's my example. This is how gangster they are. They need a new building. Everybody got to donate. Y'all going to donate to this new building because, you know, the new building is going to benefit y'all, us. So everyone donate. Flip the script, Sister Martha falls down, shatters her hip. Sister Martha don't have uh, health care. You know what we're going to do for Sister Martha? What? We're going to pray. We're going <laughs> we to pray on it. So instead of it. taking the money that you're donating to a building that's probably never going to get built or never get built in your lifetime, 
and giving it to Sister Martha, who's still standing. Well, she's not standing because she just broke a hip. Who's there, sitting in pain to help her hip. We're going to pray on her hip, but donate to this building. How gangster is that? Hey, I'm going to tell you what's more gangster than that. Speak on it. The Vatican. The Vatican gets money from all types of illicit sources. Well, the Vatican, well, think about it. They are so gangster. It's unreal. The shit, they, think of how long, how long they've been around. What sits in the Vatican? You know, we were talking, I think, what was it, last week or week before, where we know they, they're sitting on the Ark of the Covenant. They probably got the Ten Commandments tablets up in there. You know what I'm saying? They have, uh, what was the knife that pierced Jesus' side? It's the, the, the spear tip. That's probably sitting up in there. They got fucking tons upon tons of gold up in there. Probably some little boys. Anyway. But, <laughs> but you know, but you know, but they're they're pretty religious though, you know. They Yeah, religious. Yeah. Yeah. Something that they were saying. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are pretty gangster, but they are so gangster though. Yeah. You know? So we are I'm I'm gonna switch it up. We can talk about all this 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 perceived gangster shit when motherfuckers think they're gangster. Anytime, wait before I switch it up. They're so gangster. You can have a clear description of what Jesus looked like, still put up a white dude and say, nah, even though the Bible says he looks like this, he really looks like this. <laughs> yeah, it's like you grow up thinking that this guy is a, he looks like one of the guys in the front man of a rock band. Facts. <laughs> it's like, but they're like, nah, this is the guy. Even though he has... Hair like wool. Hair like wool. Skin <laughs> like bronze. They give you... The dude from Lep Zeb. <laughs> <laughs> they give you... Coming to the stage. Giving up for Robert Plant. The savior. You know what I'm saying? This is... That's some gangster shit. <laughs> that shit is about as gangster as you're going to get right there. Unreal. You know, where you know you have a clear description. And that's when the, the, the racist people in the South, that's the only time color don't matter. <laughs> that's how gangster that shit is. Yeah. Well, you know, he says, hey, like wolves, skin like bronze. But Jesus is white. Not nah, color don't matter. It's a white guy. Other than that, get your black ass out of my church. <laughs> How gangster is it? Yeah. I said we're going to talk about one of his favorite subjects. This motherfucker instantly says, Rihanna? <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, he don't like Jay-Z, but he loves oh, come Rihanna. No, nah, I'm fucking with you. Man. He likes Jay-Z to a point. Anyway. Anyway. B-I-G. All day, every day. Baby, baby. My thing is this. I'm not going to say that New York didn't have any bias at one point. Every state has bias. Every state has bias. And every state has some type of acceptance. You know, in the early days, Miami could say, yo, New York is hating on us because they don't, you know, we had to learn about what your take on it was. And that's just way before Atlanta came into the fold. Of course. Well, remember you know, how fucking, speaking of gangster, big up to Uncle Lou. Big up to Uncle Lou. Them motherfuckers was gangsters. A Sagittarius, by the way. Yes, sir. Us here in New York, we have it a habit of, we can be biased. It's not hate. 
You understand? Because we base our music on on lyrical ability. Am I wrong for saying that? No, not at all. Um, you know, pretty pretty much. You know, we we come around when we come around, and the thing is, is that because it was outside of the nucleus of where the music was being generated. Look, we were privy to have most of the labels that were conducting hip hop at the time, based out of New York or Philly, uh, for the first fifteen or so years of hip hop. Yeah. So and the one thing the South taught me now, even you know then, but now looking back, the motherfuckers was businessmen. Totally. You understand? Whereas we here in New York, we didn't control our music like they controlled theirs. Well, we could have. We could have, but we didn't. We could have, but we didn't. Right. So you have Master P, right? Um, Houston. Jay Prince. Jay Prince. <laughs> Rap a lot. The Godfather. Right. You understand? You have Master, Uncle, Luke. Uncle Luke. Definitely in the South, who's the, you know really the pioneer The Godfather. That. Yeah. Then you got out West. You got E-40 and his, his E-40 crew. E-40 and his squad. Sick with it. You know what I'm saying? E-40, you know. Then you had uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot Sir out, Mix-a- in, Listen. out in Sir, Sir, Seattle. You yeah. know, so, but we in New York, we didn't control our music like they controlled theirs. You know what? I'm going to say it, and I'm going I'm to I'm keep it all the way one thou out. When we started this hip-hop thing, there were a lot of black businesses that were giving the shots to hip-hop. From Enjoy Records to Sugar Hill Records. Right. These are black companies. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that because it was young people's music and we were asking adults to put up their money and stuff of that nature, it created a type of situation where maybe they felt like they were doing this a favor because it was something like a risk. I get it. But I believe that if those black companies would have conducted themselves in more of an honorable way, the face of hip-hop would be a lot different than it is now. 100% facts. And it, and it saddens me because, you know, these early pioneers with the labels and with the, the artists that they had, if they had just seen the bigger picture to... to see what could possibly be for the culture of, or even if it was just for the money and not be so short-sighted and to just let me give them a little couple of crumbs and just jerk them out of the rest or... But you look at, look at like, right, why are you saying that? Dr. Dre, who for us is who? The greatest producer, hip-hop, hands yes. down? Yes. Like not even close? Nah. Not even close. You understand? Never had accusations where someone was like, he jerked it. Yeah, but the unfortunate part about that is he can say, I got jerked. I got jerked. But so, once he was in a position, never. Yeah, but... Not one that I know of. Yeah, but the, but the thing with that is, is that that's the problem. It's like, how many creatives can you go through that make the type of impact that a Dre has... And still not be compensated. Those guys like Sugar Hill Gang, they should be billionaires. Should be. You know what I mean? Because if they had been compensated correctly, 
then who's to say that they wouldn't have looked in and said, well, I started this rap thing, or not started, but I really evolved with this rap thing. Maybe put on another group of guys. Give it up to Cool Herc, first and foremost. Just to jump, you know what I'm saying? If you want to give credit with Kevin Zoo, give it up to Cool Herc. Yeah, it's a lot of people that you can give it up to. You know what I'm There's a lot of people that you can give it up to, and you can definitely give it up to Cool Herc. My thing is, these people had the opportunity to commercialize and to do the right thing all the way across the board. Tell the people how we would have been set up if that narrative was different, where they took care of people like they were supposed to. My thing is this. It's, it's if Rapper's Delight comes out, and as big as that, that record hip, was. Hop, a hibbit, the hibbit, dibbit, my shit, till this day. That was an amazing record, and it sold uh, millions and millions. Everybody knows that it's record. still it, selling. Yeah, look. People that don't even know rap know that song. Know that song. So my thing is this. A black company puts this thing out, and with black artists, and they reap the benefits off it because they pay everybody that's involved with the song correctly. Now you have a path to wealth. 100%. Now I can take a chance with somebody else coming behind Sugar Hill Gang, like maybe the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. They're going to be on my label, and now they're going to come with their inventions. <clears throat> they're they're going to come with their piece to the culture. The Message, arguably one of the greatest rap songs ever. And these are all culture-shifting records and culture-shifting ideas and mentalities. But just say if they were compensated correctly. Let's what, say we were comp compensated on the products that we pushed without getting compensation. Beepers. I mean, we create culture, and what happens is that we are making other people rich off of... No, no. We're making other people wealthy. Yeah, we're making other people wealthy. And they're making a few of us rich. Yes, I, I would definitely say that. But even that is debatable if they're even making us rich. You know what I mean? I mean, put it like this. They, they, they gave us a bunch of money, and then they knew they had other products to sell right back to us. So that money just went from your left hand to your right hand back to them. See, my thing is this, is that we're creating all of it. And if we had just held the fort and kept it in our circle, a lot of these issues wouldn't be issues today. I mean, we still have issues, but they'd be a little different. Nah, I, I, think, that, I think that the financial part of it solves a lot of it, man. Uh, there's a, there's a, a quote from Steve Harvey. He said, being rich makes most problems inconveniences. I agree. But being wealthy makes a lot most of problems. Most inconveniences. Minuscule. Minuscule. At, 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 at best. At best. At best. Because, you know, Shaq's rich. Right? The dude that signs Shaq's checks is wealthy. Jordan is wealthy now. I think once you hit that, that, that billion dollar status... Because it's like, once you're in that realm of, I got a billion dollars. There's this dude, I can't remember, I'm going to find it for you. And he broke down um, the levels of 
money. Since where you like, you know, you got ten to fifteen million. You can kind of take vacations when you want. You understand? Can't have homes everywhere, but you can stay in like five star hotels and things like that. You know, you can go to real expensive restaurants. You give a hundred million to like five hundred million. It was like you can rent a private plane. You understand? You can have multiple homes in different areas and things like that. But when he hit that that wealthy, that billion dollars, it was like now the difference in having that money is like you're invited to events where people that dictate policy and you can shake hands with them and you can influence now elections and things like that. He said, that's what wealthy does. Wealthy can, can get laws passed. It can get laws changed. It can get uh, pharmaceutical drugs fast-tracked. It can do a lot of things that being rich can't do. Now, see, I feel you on that, but my thing is my idea of rich or wealthy is the fact that I'm not just going to be the only person got money. You know what I mean? No. That's wealth to me. Wealth to me is that the people that are my peers or around me, they have the opportunity just as much as I am and have it. That's wealth to me. It's the fact that it's not just me with dough. No, but now, see, you understand what when we will always agree on that. But our, our mind stays different. Like I said, when our eyes are closed, our third eye stays open and sees everything. We want to see everyone. But my thing succeed. is this. We have the opportunity to do that. And if, still if, do. But we had the opportunity to do that, and we had the opportunity to do that with hip-hop if we had just stuck to the script. If we looked at it and not looked at it in such a short, short-term type of situation, mm-hmm. This is something, this is black gold. Hip-hop is just one industry. Right. That's just one thing. Think about how many industries was created from hip-hop. Think about that. You know, but I was like, I was watching um, uh, Steve Stout and he was talking and he was basically saying how now record labels are obsolete. It's obsolete because they've exhausted the the ways to make money off of us. Yeah. In that way. Right. And you know, it's so. also a signal to they've exhausted all the ways of money that you can get it too. It's, they it's, did, but at the same time, it's like because of the way technology is, like we're able to do this podcast, literally sitting at my home. You understand? Well, we don't have to go to a studio and do nothing. We do because of technology, we can do it here. You know, you're doing your project at home. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like the way social media is, you can promote your own record. You can distribute your own music. Now you can do everything yourself because of technology. Even though they 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 um, um, they bled it dry, record labels. They literally, you know, they took as much as they can take from it. So I'm going so to play God's advocate on that right there. If it's so much... Evil. So so if it's, if, if it's more convenient right. for you to do it and it's... That would be less expensive if I can do it from home, right? Then why is it more money being made? Because they've exhausted the money from the gang from you. Yes. And then if you think about it, it's like they want the artists to put their songs out for free. I mean, why would I put out my songs for free? Right. But remember, you know, you can have black labels, um, black executives. 
There's no black distributors. Because that's where the money is made. But there is music or movies. The distribution companies. But that goes back to my original point with the Sugar Hill. Right. If it had been done right, this is a prototype when no white companies was messing with hip-hop. You had the, 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 the opportunity to set the precedent on how the business was going to be done. Period. Now, you won't have to worry about, oh, well, they did it in rock and roll like this. Well, this is not rock and roll. No, it's bigger It's a whole different thing. But remember, this is a few episodes back where we talked about um, us not looking at the big picture. So they were able to come in and say, we're going to give you 10 million. Right? Make you pay off that 10 million and still make themselves over 100 million. Because we didn't look at the big picture. We didn't have the vision to see how influential at the time hip-hop was going to be, rap was going to be. But you look at it like this. If you set the precedent from the door, why would you be getting 10 million and why would you own your own shit? Because, because we only saw the 10 million. Yeah, but the thing is, if you take care of the shit from the door, now the person that makes money and makes money with you, then maybe he says, I'm going to have my own company just like you do. I'm Listen, I'm riding with you side by side. You drive and I'm shooting. I'm, we are lockstep in agreement with what you're saying. But it goes to, I'm going to shoot over to something that I know with sports. So you got a lot of stars in the making and teams are getting so smart. Now they know this guy is going to be really good. Like he's really good now, but he's going to turn into great. So you got a lot of guys and it's, and and I know it's hard to be like, I'm going to turn down 80 to a hundred million dollars. But yo, yo, they're getting guys that are still on their, um, minor league, contract, their minor league deal. They said, right. look, we're going to buy your arbitration years technically. And let's say you're 23 years old. I'm going to give you $100 million right now. Even though you're two years from arbitration, next year in arbitration, you're going to make maybe $6 million. The year after that, you're going to make $10 million. Right. And then you can get $300 million. Right. But they're saying, hey, I'll give you $100 million down. And this is where they'll trick them. They'll say, you're still 23 years old. You have, time? You, you have time for another contract. You have time contract. for another contract. And they're letting dudes sell themselves short. They're, they're selling their earning potential short by saying, okay, and I know it's hard to turn down $100 million, but if you really believe in yourself... I'll turn down $100. You're stupid. <laughs> you're Just stupid. joking, guys. You Just know what I'm saying? But it, that's what's happening now in baseball. And I can speak for baseball because I am... Entrenched Intimate. into that. Right. You know, I know a lot of players, and one of my favorite guys, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to compromise this situation, is about to go through that. And I'm telling him to stand fast. You yeah, and with, with everything that's going on now, I can't blame him if he's thinking that because this world right now is like, this is... You could do a lot with 100 million right now. At this very moment, you can. You, can, you, can. you know, I, I'll give you a good example where somebody taking their money and it benefited them is uh, Severino. Right. Right? 
They gave him uh, t- uh, four years, forty million. Right. Then he got hurt. Right. So in that aspect, it worked for him. Right. But let's say he was a hundred percent healthy. Right. Never got hurt. Right. Him taking that forty million. You look at what Gary Cole's getting. He's getting almost forty million a season. Right. You understand? So it's like if you're betting on yourself and seeing the big picture. So I understand what you're saying with the Sugar Hill Gang. Like they were so short sighted, not taking care of their artists like they should have. And players are short sighted. They're being short sighted where they're looking at. I'm looking at this hundred million, but right behind that hundred million. Is two to five hundred million. Right. You understand? So there's they're, they're being short sighted. Sugar Hill Gang was short sighted and not seeing the grand picture. Now, and I'm not not blaming the Sugar Hill Gang themselves. No, no, no. We're not blaming. I the mean, Sugar, Sugar Hill Records or whatever. You know but what? my thing is that there were many companies that had the opportunity to get on the ground floor with hip hop and do it in a different way that had normally been done with rock and with soul and stuff of that nature because it was a different music. It was a, it was a total different way of how to produce it. But it remember, was a total different clear, way to how to get out. The majority of people, whether the genre, whether it didn't matter what genre of music, a lot of the stars were getting jerked. <laughs> but that's why they could have really did it different yeah, with hip-hop. They were getting jerked. And the ones that had hindsight to want to do different, something happened to them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something happened to them. But Whether see, they but, mysteriously died. Yeah, but, but you got to look at it like this. They were them. in concert with, with somebody that wasn't of them. Right. Now, this is what I'm saying is that this was of us. We had the opportunity on the ground floor with us to do us, by us, with us, right. You say FUBU? <laughs> hey, hey, they made a lot of money together. They damn sure did. What's your advice on how we should move going forward as a people? Well, well, with honor, together is gangster. With honor, together is gangster. Two G's in a par, y'all. Once again, that's our time. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in. I would like to apologize again for us being late. But even though we came late, we always on time. I am the infamous Iron Glenn. And to my left was sitting who? Goldfinger, what up, Jig? You know, keep those notifications going. Look for us, because we are everywhere like oxygen. Two G's in a pod, in a pod, in a pod, in a pod, in a pod.